Welcome to episode 22 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I am Scott Sturman, and I'm joined by Matt Deitch, as always. Matt, how are we doing? Pretty good. Got a new look going up here. New look. Pretty Got excited a brand about new it. podcast table. Yep, this big old shiny thing. I got to thank you for making this. I can, You said we on our Facebook post, but that was all you, man. You're the one that put the work into it. Yeah, I can't believe it actually turned out as good as what it did because I am really not a builder uh, at all, and <laughs> I just kind of had an idea and I kind of went with it. Uh, turned out a little big, probably a little too big for this space. Uh, if we had, if, if we were in a different location, I'm sure it would be just fine. But we're a little crammed in here, up against the wall, and that's just the way that it is. But, but hey, it works. Yeah, yeah. I wish I would have made it. Probably. A, Half inch smaller all the way around, shorter, you know, whatever. But hey, hey, it is what it is. And right. We're gonna make it work. It's it's cool looking, and if uh, somebody out there with a fishing business is uh, looking for a really nice spot to put their name right up in front, yeah, it would look pretty good. You know, I think I I still think Berkeley would look pretty good on there on the front of there, or you know, there's something like that, or Iabu yeah, Garcia. We, we know a couple guys over there that yeah. just pure fishing, pure, pure fishing. fishing. Just, we'll get that you know, on there. We'll, yep, put the whole thing on there. So. <laughs> no, pretty busy weekend as far as in the area and nationally as far as tournaments go. Yep, uh, we had our walleye weekend that we talked about last week. Last this past weekend. Uh, Sounded like the bite was really good. Nobody yeah. caught any tagged walleyes that I heard of. Yeah, I noticed that. No one caught any tagged walleyes. Uh, I saw on the Okaboji Walleye Weekend uh, Facebook page, they had 2,100 anglers uh, sign up for the oh, Walleye wow. Weekend deal. And that was from 17 different states. They said they had California, Florida, Delaware. Oh, that's so, pretty cool. Yeah, I suppose family visiting or you know whatever be, and come back and it'd be kind of interesting to see if any other places around the country do something like that where you know they release a tagged walleye and then if you're signed up for it you could have the opportunity of you know earning thirty seven thousand dollars for it. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, <laughs> we talked about that last week and it, I I don't know. My luck is the year that I caught it all 10 of them would be caught and i'd have to i mean yep. don't get me wrong i, I yep. i'd yeah. still like to get the money and everything like that but you know, thirty seven hundred dollars is no kick in the shorts <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> yep no no yeah i from from what i can kind of tell you know i i talked to some people i saw some stuff on facebook sounded like some people had pretty good luck and some people not so much and just from my observation i'm gonna say if you went to spirit you did good if you were on Okaboji, I don't think you did as good. Yeah, well, I, think, I could be I wrong think, on I that, think, but just just judging by a couple of the people that I saw, knowing you know the way that they kind of fish, I know I've got a couple people on Facebook I know that are real spirit fishermen, and they they had pictures of limits. Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, I think Spirit Lake is gonna be a good lake this summer. I think. It seems like the walleye population is up there pretty good, and I just, I just got this feeling that they're going to bite pretty good over there this summer. Uh, I think that you know West is always so weird for walleyes because it's such clear water. I think it's a little different for people to fish them in that clear water. I think that's more of like a night bite. Yeah, and guys, I think I think guys are having some success at night. And big I think, fish. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, your chance of catching big on, fish yep. it seems like comes out of West compared to the other ones. I think East's good. Oh, definitely. I think, definitely. That, I think East that, is my favorite lake to fish over yeah. there. I mean, it still is. And 
as always, you know, people are always tight lipped or oh, yeah. you know, the people that are catching them aren't gonna say a whole lot. And, yep. You know, you need to have that whole variety of people that go over there and ah, oh, they're not catching oh, they're not catching anything. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> it's all right when they say that every yep. once in a while. Yep. Well, and when you finally do hear that, oh, they're biting over there. No, that that bite is passed. Yeah, it's already. It's <laughs> that was gone. a couple weeks ago. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but uh, one thing that I was, you know, here in here in Iowa, it's it. Well, just the Iowa Great Lakes here, Okaboji, West and East, and the connecting lakes to that, and and Spirit Lake. That is just a walleye opener. Now up in Minnesota, that's different. That's right. Northern Pike. Yeah, there's well, there's seasons. Bass, yep, bass bass has a season. It's closed. Uh, That's opening it up pretty soon. It always used to be Memorial Day weekend is when bass season would open up in Minnesota, but the last few years they actually started like a catch and release season. I think a couple weeks before that. Okay. So you can go out and catch and release them. So strictly to protect the spawning. Yeah, you know, to try to hope, but it's it's always so weird because if you have a late winter or late spring you know and the ice doesn't come off the lakes till late like this year and the water's still cold it's when opener is is a lot of times when the spawn is just starting so yeah it's one of those deals that you know some people like it some people it's like you might as well it's like why is there a closed season on them and i guess i can see their point of saying why is there a closed season because down here we don't have a closed season on bass and they seem to be doing pretty good yep and I I think you know especially for the walleyes and we've touched on this in in a couple previous podcasts but the economy boom over there yeah you know it's a sta- this weekend this coming weekend is the walleye opener up in Minnesota right and it's it's kind of a state holiday you could say I mean I can remember many times like my brothers and I my dad grandpa my uncle we would go over to local lakes here in you know in southwest Minnesota at midnight you know, for the start of it, you know, just kind of a tradition. And we usually fish from shore. We didn't go out in the boat, but it's either that, or we get up early that morning and we go to a lake and try our luck at it. Just kind of as a little traditional thing. Knowing that we were going to talk about this tonight, I dove into the internet and and found a couple articles. Uh, I don't know, Winona, Minnesota, you maybe know where that is, but. Oh yeah, it's over on the east side of the state on the Mississippi river. Their local newspaper had a really cool article, but, uh, um, I found it on the website, but uh, here's a couple numbers for this for this weekend up there. In Minnesota, there is 1.4 million licensed anglers. Now, I don't know if that's just in-state people or if that's from out-of-staters too, but 1.4 million licensed anglers. They are expecting over half a million to be out there fishing this weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were talking about the land of 10,000 lakes. It's... You know, got a lot of places to choose from, and yeah, a lot of fishermen. That's that's pert near the population of the state of Wyoming. Yeah. Every single person in the state of Wyoming out there. I also, uh, in Minnesota, there's eleven thousand eight hundred and forty-two lakes. Is that what they're? Eleven thousand eight hundred and forty-two is what they say. Of those lakes, they figure four thousand five hundred of them are fishing lakes. So when you factor in the fact of over. 500,000 people on 4,500 lakes that's over 100 fishermen per lake average now obviously right. your Malax and and upper red and you know those lakes 
are going to have hundreds and hundreds and, and little lake, you know, off to the side, you know, maybe right. it's only going to have six, but you know, that that's really amazing. That's, that's more than the whole entire population of Minneapolis. Yeah. Every single person in Minneapolis is going to be out fishing this weekend. <laughs> it just, yeah, you, you don't realize it. Hockey and fishing in Minnesota. Oh, if you're not into hockey and fishing, you can get the hell out. <laughs> yeah. Well, just don't uh, travel too much north anyways. Right, right. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is Rock County, just north of us here, is one of the few counties in Minnesota that doesn't have a lake in it. No lake in Rock no County. No. Nope. Really. That's pretty amazing. Yep. It's, it's kind of wild. Just two more quick little facts that I found also in that article. But uh, fishing brings in $2.4 billion, with a B, dollars per year right. into, into the state of Minnesota. And there is 35,000 jobs in the state of Minnesota directly related to fishing. Now, be it bait shops, guides, you know, all sorts of stuff, you know. Clam has their headquarters up right. there, and I'm sure they employ a bunch of people. I know I just got a... a text message from a friend last weekend and she was up there in minnesota for a concert and she sent me a picture of uh strike king and rapala somewhere up there in minneapolis that they had a big building so i don't know if that's their united states headquarters rapala because i think that's a swedish company correct right yep. but yeah i mean you know minnesota that oh minnesota oh, yeah. it, it runs deep when I mean, you talk I, about like up in bemidji just the like companies the fishing companies that are up in just bemidji alone it's it's pretty wild of you know like northland i think is in bemidji um what else there's uh, there's quite a few up there that yep. is kind of like a Re good center for it i mean it really is yeah it's just amazing you know to think thirty-five thousand it's a people. Big thing. i mean we come from a town of 2500 people mm -hmm. so over 10 times our whole entire town you know, just across the state of Minnesota and $2.4 billion yeah. coming in. That, it's, you it's really you said crazy. how many of them does the state say are fishing lakes? They they say 4,500 of the Out of the, the 11,000 something. Yep. I wonder what the, how they classify what a fishing lake is. That, yeah, I, I was kind of curious on that too because, I mean, there can't be a lake up in Minnesota that doesn't have bluegills in it. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean – you know, everything's got Even some walleye. fish in it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if if it if they consider one that doesn't have like a public access, like a non-fishing lake or something like that. That that could be. I guess I never thought of it that way. I know that they always say that if you include farm ponds, the state of Iowa has more lakes uh, than than the state of Minnesota. I I don't know if there's I don't any know if that, to nah, that. I don't think I'd agree with. I don't know. Ooh, hey, I'd have to see that? some. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I'd yeah. have to see some. Say, I'm not just making it up. But yeah. yeah, I I don't know. I, you know, when you when you look at an aerial photo or a map or whatever, when you get up there by Alexandria and you know when you get up there right. north of Minneapolis, there's more water than there is <laughs> land, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just a big old swamp up there. I think that like. Douglas County up in the Alexandria area, I think in that county alone, there's like 160 some lakes really? in just one county. Really? So, yeah, your options are pretty good up there. Yeah, and then if you this think, lake is busy, well, let's go try this one. Yep. Yeah, not catching anything here. Let's go to the next one. You know, like I, I've I've said it before. You know, living here in Lyon County, Iowa, 
we have one man-made lake that right. isn't very big, you know, and it's it's 20 minutes away from us. But I truly feel like we're in the middle of it all. We're not close to anything. No, nope, we're, we're in the not. middle of it all. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all are, within driving distance. Yeah, you know, we're we're right here in our town. We're three minutes, three miles, four miles from the Minnesota border. Right. 15, 20 miles from the South Dakota border. You know, we. People in our town, you know, spend a lot of time up in Laverne, Minnesota, go to Worthington for groceries, mm-hmm. go to Sioux Falls, whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, it. you're almost crazy if you don't hold a fishing license in at least two states if you live in our, in our area <laughs> yeah. right here. Yeah, there's a lot of people from town here that, are, that go out to South Dakota, out to the Missouri River a lot. More than Okaboji. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's their home water. Yeah, and, for and a lot of them, it is. Yep. They'll but, go and they'll make it a weekend trip and spend the weekend out there leave on like a thursday night or a friday morning and yep yeah that's something we need to do more of yeah i saw brendan lockwood commented on our facebook post i don't know if you saw that oh, or i not, didn't but see that one he, he said come out to chamberlain with him and we're gonna hit you up brendan yeah if you're that's for sure we're gonna hit you up we're gonna go out in that lund and you can show us what chamberlain's all Nothing about like a lund yeah <laughs> so no, no so it is it this with that the opener in the state is closing down tomorrow or on saturday they're not going to be open in honor of minnesota opener so their employees can go spend it with their family since it's just a tradition to do that no kidding yeah you know that you know there was the bait shops over here at the iowa great lakes you know there was one that went 24 7 oh yeah the other one that went part near 20 hours straight and yep. yeah i, I the, that's it, pretty stand up because oh I mean, it, it is you know, i mean they know they understand the tradition there's a lot of people that pack up and start heading up north to their family cabins and yep go out and get after it here's another thing i saw uh this weekend up in minnesota free fishing for moms is that this weekend or is that mother's day weekend this is mother's day weekend oh it is isn't it yeah no it's not next week the next weekend is mother's day isn't it no, this weekend. I don't weekend. know. This, this weekend Sunday. is? Oh, it must be. I don't know. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> he got you a gift. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know when I was going to give it to you. So. <laughs> no, yeah. This weekend's Mother's Day. And, Holy and buckets. It's already I, Mother's Day. I saw Day that in one weekend. of the articles I was reading that they said free fishing for moms this weekend or maybe be. just Sunday. But that's pretty cool. I think it's been around, God, I want to say it was the 80s or the 70s or it's pretty cool when states do a lot of that you know they all most states have a free fishing weekend where everybody can go out there and yep. you know you can go and fish i mean that's pretty neat yeah test the waters and see if it's something that you like you know right if, if you're if you're not a fisherman right now but it's something you think you want to get into iowa iowa does have it yep. too and uh yeah go out that weekend talk yep. to somebody who you know who is a fisherman and say hey that weekend i want to go try it out and I can pert near guarantee you, you uh, that won't be your last time fishing. That's right. Yeah, the actually, you know, back to the Minnesota opener. They every year they have what's called the governor's opener. Yeah, where yep, it's a big thing that. where it kind of goes to different lakes throughout the state, and the governor goes out there and fish. They come to those towns and they make it a big deal leading up to it, and it brings a lot of revenue into those towns. This year, it's actually over in Albert Lee. Albert Lee, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. and so and neat. actually, just this last year, I believe the. The, the governor's pheasant opener was in was Laverne. In Laverne, yeah. yeah. So, yep, that's pretty cool. It's kind of neat to see that they're kind of coming down in this area for some of those things because you know when people think of Minnesota down here with the prairie pot, the flat lakes, the they don't get real deep and stuff. Fishing can be pretty good down here. It's oh, not just you know northern Minnesota where it's good. So, 
But if we had the option, we'd rather. Oh, I go still to- like going up to northern <laughs> yeah. Minnesota. Don't get me wrong. Another thing I saw, <laughs> I I did a little reading today, guys. But another thing that I saw was that uh, minnows are in a shortage this year up there. Yeah, I believe it. They said that the water is still so cold that the suckers haven't really come up to spawn uh. yet. And they said that so many of these bait companies uh, put their minnows in these shallow ponds, you know, yep. to store them for the year or whatever over the winter. And, yeah, they've a lot of them froze out. They said they said that that really could be quite a problem. But, yeah, it's just something that you don't really think about neither. But no. And there's so many regulations on bait now. It's Well, that's it's what crazy. they said. They can't bring them in from out of the state. Yep. They, the Minnesota DNR or Game and Fish or whatever Minnesota calls it. But, yeah, they uh, they don't want you bringing any out-of-state fish in because of aquatic, aquatic invasive, invasive species. species and yeah that that sucks that yeah, sucks <laughs> if you're the if type you're of a, guy that's gonna throw a minnow this weekend yeah. <laughs> go out now you might have to do what i did the one time when we were fishing crappies with my brother mike we were one short of a limit we had one minnow left and tried to set the hook on one it would have been our last one and obviously missed and the hook went up into a tree overhanging the water and it had our last minnow on it and it's like we got to get our limit. <laughs> we got to get it. So there I go shimmying up over up that little tree. It wasn't a very big tree. I don't know how it held me, and the branches hanging out over the water, and I was able to get out there and get it and save the day. Well, <laughs> better you. <laughs> it's kind of like when me and my brother have anything that needs to be climbed or anything like that. Eric, Eric's going to be the one. <laughs> you're skinny. You're limber. You're you're going for it. And don't I'm mind not, heights. No, yeah. God, that kid. I no. I. I know how you are with heights. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> not for me. So, yeah, yeah, so good luck to everybody that's heading up there this weekend. I'll actually be in northern or central Minnesota. I'll be up in St. Cloud area, but not fishing. Yeah, you better bring one. <laughs> you better bring a pole. No, going up there, cheer my wife Emily on. She's running the Lake Wobegon Marathon. Uh, it's going to be like her seventh time doing it or something like that. I think it's somewhere right in there, so. I think Best of luck to her. And I think it's going to, I know she likes cooler temperatures to run. Yeah. I think yeah, it's uh, supposed to be cooler, but now the, what she's worried about is that they're talking about there could be a thunderstorm in the morning. And Oh, really? Yeah, that would, that would really suck to put in all that time training and you get to the race day and it gets canceled. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually taking a look because Grady had asked me what we were going to do this weekend. And I think here it's supposed to be fairly clear in the morning on Saturday and sometime around noon, one o'clock, I think is when, but they, it changes. Yeah. I was going to say hourly. (laughs) Don't, don't uh, change your schedule because of what you're seeing on the weather. (laughs) It it won't be that way. That's right. So no back, you know, and a lot of big bass tournaments around the area this last weekend Uh, and nationally we had the Okaboji open over at Okaboji, uh, looked like there it was a pretty good tournament. You needed tw- there was what twenty plus pounds to get in the top six. Really? Yeah, it took. I think the winning weight was twenty four pounds. I never did see any results on it. I kind of there's some kinda looked, but a, a I couple didn't see Facebook anything. groups they have the results okay. and yeah, it was it looked like a good tournament. Big bass was six point nine pounds. Six point nine. That's a oh that's a that's a big one. I'd love to hang, tangle with that one. Yeah. You know, tournament with him a couple times. Him and his brother John went over there and fished it and finished ten out of sixty-two teams. That's pretty cool. Can't beat that. John mm-hmm. John's from Rock Rapids here. Yep. Joe's from Laverne. So a yep. couple local dogs getting it done. Yeah, it's, that's always kind of nice to see some of our local guys do pretty well in those in that tournament. So yep, yeah, a twenty-pound bag is 
that's a pretty big bag just to get in the top six. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then we had down at uh, Lake Fork. Ooh, the gosh, Bass. I was looking forward to that one. And, yeah, and the Bass Elite Series. I, I, I'll admit it, it it disappointed me a little bit. Only I believe only one fish over 10 pounds was caught. Right, Brandon Cobb had that 11-1. Yeah, 11-1. And, you know, I, I was really kind of thinking that we were going to see multiple in double digits and yeah. didn't happen. I mean, there was a lot of eights. Yep. A lot of eights were yep. caught and whatever but i think i think what disappointed everybody was the fact that i think everybody was expecting the top 10 to all be over 100 pounds and just the top two guys were over 100 pounds Yep, brandon cobb with 114 and garrett paquette with uh right right short one uh one ounce short of 102 pounds yeah so and i heard that they're getting like heavyweight belts are they yeah at the at the end of the year they're going to give them some special belt Oh, that's I guess cool. for getting over a hundred pounds, like oh yeah, the Century Club. Yeah, that's like, what they call it. Yeah, like a wrestling belt. Yeah, that's type neat. Deal. <laughs> that, that'd be pretty cool. To I put think in your when, trophy case. Well, I was watching the final day weigh in, and Mer- Dave Mercer was talking, and when Paquette came up there and got second and weighed his bag in, they said that he was the thirtieth guy ever to join the the Century, the Century Club. Club. Really? And then obviously Cobb came in after him, and so there's only been out of the whole history. Of the Bass, the BASS organization, there's only 31 guys that have weighed over 100 pounds in a tournament. There's 100 plus guys usually in that series, and yeah, I mean, you think about all the fishermen, the quality ones that have fished in that one, and only 31 guys have ever surpassed that. 142 is the record, I believe. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, Table Rock or no, it wasn't no, Lake, Table Rock. No, uh, it was a Texas Falcon Lake, maybe or something like that, or Lake Amistad. It yeah. was a Texas Lake. Or, yeah, I don't or remember. Or it might have been Toledo Bend. But yeah, it's Paul Elias. That was actually just a few years ago, and that was Paul Elias. Paul Elias. Yep. Yep. So that one was going on. The FLW had a tournament going on on Chickamauga. Uh, John Cox won that one. Yep. He's he's heck of a good fisherman. And then the MLF was at, I think, Smith Lake. and uh, Don't know, don't care. And Dean Rojas <laughs> won that one. So, you know, that's that's one of the disappointing, the, the, you know, you're talking about a little bit of disappointment with that Bass, the BASS tournament, the Elite Series tournament this past weekend, was the fact that you already knew what everybody had when they came into the weigh-in. Yeah. It, it was kind of an MLF style because of how – the regulations, the regulations on, on that, that water yep, yep. came, so it was kind of a catch, weigh, and release type thing, and your five biggest fish is what you uh, took for your total weight. So, you but know, you could only bring one into the weigh-in. To the weigh-in for yep. yeah, just all the for, rest had to be weighed and released. Right, and one wasn't, and everybody already knew how much that one weighed, so it wasn't like they weighed that when they got in there and did it. It was just pretty much for picture reasons. Okay, because everybody knew what their weight was. Yep coming up to the weigh-in stage so it kind of that takes a little bit of the excitement out of it because you already know hours before the weigh-in what everybody has and it's just like they come up there and they talk so you know that it's always fun when they bring up the last two anglers and you know calling that last angler comes to weigh in and they bring in the other one that's in the lead right now and it's like you need 13.4 ounces you know yeah, to win 13 yeah, pounds they, and four ounces to win and they get it up there and it's like 13 pounds and six ounces and just to you know yeah, I mean, it kind of makes it exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, yeah, like you said, you know, I mean, for a guy who knows he 
doesn't have an icicles chance, you yeah. know, to go up there and lay his fish. So, all right, guys, just, you know. Well, it me, takes the pressure off of it. I yeah, mean, it takes a little yeah. bit of all that out of that for them. Yep, so. but, no, top five on that tournament, Brandon Cobb, Garrett Paquette, Micah Frazier, Brandon Card, and Jeff Gustafson. Gussie did it. Gussie didn't from me. Canada. Yeah. There was actually two Canadian anglers in the top 10 yeah johnston yeah one of the yeah, uh, Corey, Corey johnston Corey, yeah i don't know if you saw this neither but brandon card obviously fourth brandon cobb in first there was also true two drews in the top 10 <laughs> drew benton and drew cook is it drew cook, yep, drew, cook yeah, yep. drew cook they were both in the top 10 so mm. that's kind of cool mm. minnesota guy seth fighter 12th yeah he had, he had a good showing for yeah, paquette is from michigan i think or something like that yep, you're so, right i actually I mean, listened to him yesterday on bass talk live yeah, and, so did I. and today brandon cobb was on bass talk live they asked him what's your experience on lake fork never mm. been there paquette was the same way the first time he ever saw it yeah never so. they had never been there uh cobb said that he noticed on the first day of practice that as he was putting his boat in he saw some shad spawning and he's like, well, I'm just going to go shallow and, and try to try to mimic that. He said his bite window was 20 minutes. Yep. 20-minute bite window. He's like, you could have gone the same, done this exact same thing every single day and just that 20 minutes. But when Once you fire up that school, it's like you got to be – you got to be casting now, you know, you got to be doing it. You got to be doing it because that's when they're biting. Yep. And it was kind of cool and interesting to see like all the different baits that they would use. Like they would cast one for a while, like say a crankbait and they'd catch the fish on it. They kind of get the school fired up and they'd catch fish. Well, then all of a sudden they would stop biting that. So they grab a swim bait or something like that and throw it out there. Well, then they'd start get going on that. You get a flurry and catch a few on there and then it, that one would die down so you'd have to switch to your back to the other one or something like that here's one that i wanted to ask you lee livesey right. uh, you know we talked about him last week i had him i think you might have had him no i didn't no, have him. you didn't have him no but you know he was billed from down there in texas you know a guide on lake fork guide on Spends lake over fork 300 days a year 300 days a year and what did he end up, 35th, 36th? Something like that. I don't even know if he made the 35 cut. So I think I think he was 36 or 37. Yeah, he's right there. So what does that mean? Is, it, it, is it Lee means, say not that good? Or is that just say how elite these guys truly are? It just says that um, sometimes you just got to go out and fish. And don't fish history. Yep. You yep. know, they talk about that, that a time. lot. Yep. And it always seems like, very rarely do you see when they go to a place and it's like, oh, this is this guy's home lake or this guy spends a lot of time on this lake. Sometimes they don't do well there. Unless you're Ott Defoe in the Bassmaster well, Classic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I will catch him anywhere. Yeah. But, I mean, it just kind of you, – you notice that a lot of times. I don't know if sometimes you get the nerves of fishing on your home lake and – like I said, you fish past history, so you're going to spots. Well, if they're not there, it's just like, okay, now what do I got to do? Yep. And like you said, you're fishing on the Elite Series. They're going to catch them. Somebody's oh, yeah. going to yeah. catch them. Yeah. They're going to figure it out. They know that. They know the game. They know how to do it. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, it was it was a fun tournament to watch. Bass Live is, I think, the coolest thing for uh, bass fishing there is. Being able to watch, be in the boat with them all day long and see how they approach different fishing things how, how would you like it if if you're brandon cobb going into the last day there and you know especially like you said that 20 minute bite window 
and and you're casting and you know you're catching and you know i mean this is it, it's time to jam right here like yep. i've i've only got it for a little bit and you got those cameras in there and they're asking you you know questions and whatnot and i, I it'd be hard to keep my composure oh, and, and you like, see hey, you, you see that a lot quiet <laughs> yeah you see that a lot guys will kind of spin out uh, chad pipkins kind of had a oh, had God. one of those i felt bad for him the I first two terrible days for him. the first two days he had 30 plus pound bags third day comes out there and he caught four fish for like 5.5 pounds four ounces is that what it like was that. four I'm, fish wow i mean he the days before that and that I mean, still and he still stayed in he still stayed in the top than 10 his whole entire <laughs> that gosh that's crazy yeah so it, it is it's, yeah, it's one of those it's things heartbreaking for him but you know i, I saw his facebook posts and I don't know. I think he was still pretty pumped. Oh, I think yeah. He was just pumped to be there and, yeah. you know. Positive. I mean, yeah, you got to stay positive. It's a, it's a mental game. It's a huge mental game, and that's one of the big things that those guys have over other people is that they just got that competitive mental edge. Yeah. They don't get rattled on things. You can. Yeah, I mean, you can sit there and you can whine and you can moan about it and let it eat you up, and that's all that consumes you, or you can just move on. Yeah. Brandon Cobb kind of talked about down. that you know on bass talk live you know he's like i'm on such a roll you know i mean yep. i'm going to these lakes and i'm making good decisions you know consistently and you know you just it's just kind of a snowball effect you just it keep is. winning the and, momentum is yep. huge in this i talked about it last week yep. the momentum is huge in this game yep but no we did get one question today chris crawl chris crawl had a question you see it nope i think it was i just oh. saw that sweet picture you put up he did? You did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, uh, oh, let me see here. He said, talk about bass fishing techniques using frogs. Using frogs. Different seasons and what habitat they work best in. All right. This is going to be your question because I can sit here and BS you all night long, but it, throwing, don't listen to me. Throwing frogs. Now, there's different, you know, variations of frogs to throw. Obviously, we're not talking about live frogs. We're talking about the fake topwater bait frogs. Now, the most popular one are like the bron or the Spro bronze eye frog that Dean Horhaas is famous for designing and throws all the time. And the other one he has is kind of like a popping frog type thing. And yep. there's some other ones. Ish Monroe is a great frog fisherman. Uh, times of the year, it's getting close. When they're spawning is a great time. When they're up shallow, you throw a frog over top of them. When they're on a bed, they don't like that. They're coming up. They're going to get it. That's a great time to do it. Anytime that water starts getting up into that upper 50s is when top water starts to be a pretty good thing in frogs. And then also, as the season gets along, keeps going and uh the water gets warm those bass are going to look for shady areas and stuff and a lot of people think that they always go way out deep well sometimes they'll bury themselves in the thickest cover they can find so they call it slop fish and you go in the slop and sometimes you throw a one of those frog baits over top of those mats or in lily pads and things like that and that's where they really shine and as far as some of the techniques go when you're frog fishing you're always going to Usually, like I said, you're fishing in heavy cover, so you're going to want a heavy action rod, probably somewhere in that. Most most uh, rod companies make a frog technique specific rod, and most of those are like in that 7.3 to 7.6 range. 
and uh, usually heavy or medium heavy action. So when you set that hook, you can pull them out of there because usually it's not just a bass you're pulling out there. You're probably pulling out a four pound bass along with eight pounds of weeds. Yep. And uh, and some of them lily pad stems can be, you know, they're strong, they're tough. And then as far as line goes, you want to use braid. So you're talking, you know, 50 pound braid. Really? Throwing 50 pound braid up okay. in there just so that you can get them out of there and rate and braid will rip through that stuff okay um so that's that's a good one there's also like soft body frogs like uh zoom horny toad it's just you kind of texas rig it on a hook and you just kind of it's kind of it's got little appendages in the back the legs that kick a, a popper frog you just kind of you pop it, it all the way back yep. for chris you know yep to explain it and, and it's that looks like it's a soft bodied frog it looks like but it has like the mouth of a popper okay yep. and that one actually works pretty good because that one you can not only you pop it back but you can also walk the dog with it where it goes side to side and that's kind of what the other this your hollow body frogs do is that so you want heavy gear when you're going after them so you can get them up out of that stuff so high gear ratio reels um so you pick right. up that line yep. fast yep. and and one of the big things a lot of times with frog fishing if you ever watch guys that do a lot of frog fishing it's like you can see that bite then all of a sudden it seems like they wait a second and then it's boom they set that hook and lay into them because you got to make sure that that thing has it in their the mouth whole frog yep. yep otherwise that's one of the, and that's something with top water that a lot of people struggle with sometimes is like they're like man they were hitting it but they just weren't like grabbing it well sometimes you got to let them bite it and once you feel them, that's when you lay into them and set the hook. Not when you as, see them, when you feel yeah, it. Yep. That's what they, yeah. When you, not when you see it, when you feel it is when you want to set that hook. Because a lot of times they might come up there and swirl on it, and then you set that hook as hard as you can, and that <laughs> frog comes whizzing past your ear. Yeah. So it's like, hey. Right. Yep. So sometimes it's like if you leave it sit there and then you keep going. And then another thing as far as like retrieve, it's just, it's like anything. A lot of people have their own technique they like to do, but others, you know, if you're bringing it across lily pads, you're skirting it across that lily pad, and then when you get to kind of an open area of water, you kind of stop it and let it sit for a second. And then you keep it going. I mean, you just kind of you play Ex around with it. Experiment around. I mean, yep. that's the big thing. There's no one you know fits everybody it's get out there and that's what's so cool about these guys on like the elite series and i mean they try all kinds of different things yep, you know yeah, where people got, might think what are you doing with that if it catches fish it catches fish right they got seven eight rods rigged up in yeah. eight different ways Well, that's or... why they practice they go out there and they try all different techniques well this one doesn't work you know and it could be a lot of different um you know just different variables yep and one thing with like the frogs too what a lot of people like to do like when you get one of those out of the package and they got the long legs like skirt material legs cut them down trim them up a little bit yep and make kind of make one a little bit longer than the other they like to say sometimes because it kind of gives you a little bit more action on your lure and this little holding pond right across the road every night now <laughs> man the frogs. frogs are fired up you should see in my egress windows are you getting a bunch of them oh my gosh keep them <laughs> we'll keep, use them for catfishing i we'll go out there i imagine i imagine we could get 20 of them just right now i'm sitting down here watching tv at night and i can hear them bouncing out the window <laughs> it's like dunk dunk and the first right. night i walked upstairs 
went outside and Kayla's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I got to see what's in this. And and I'm thinking skunk or, you know, what the heck is going on in here? Yeah, sure enough, just like eight frogs down in the egress window. <laughs> so yeah, it is the time. Frogs are frogs are plentiful, and hopefully the water's yeah. getting close to that temperature where they're gonna be. The bass yep. are gonna be moving up shallow, and yeah, now now or in the next week or two, we got some good weather coming. Is yeah. the time to do it. We picked up one more question. Wade Jepson wants to know uh, what fishing apps are we are we using? Anyone still using Lake Maps? And I only use Navionics for my mapping, right. you know, it, easy, it's on the phone, really good contours, uh, you know, pretty accurate mapping and whatever. But I was talking to Austin Van Vorst this last week, and he had some other deal on his phone, and it shows you a map like with the contours and everything of the lake, and then if you catch a fish there, you can post a picture of it, and everyone... Is that that fishity? could be god austin if you're listening when you when you uh listen or listen to this podcast go underneath of there and type in what uh what that app is called but yeah you i mean you can see right where they do it you click on little icon and it pops up that you know this guy caught a muskie here this guy caught a limit of walleyes here and i'm really surprised that that. as many people do it as what they do you know give up their hot spots but you also kind of got to wonder is everyone you know, are these are people, they gar- are they gar-holing you, mm-hmm. you know, right yeah, out in the sure. middle of the lake and yeah, yeah, I got some oh, yeah, here. Right out here. It's like, really? Yeah. That's 90 foot of water. And you <laughs> got, got it on a frog. Well, you popped them. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of cool apps out there though. I mean, there are, there there's are one definitely. that I see that I think Seth fighter and Josh Douglas kind of talk about a lot. Like it'll go in there and tell you like how they set up their, or there's some other people that do that, how you to set up your electronics okay you know because that's always a big one people are always asking what setting should i put my electronics at and there's an app that you know there's an app for that that you can it'll tell you this is what you should do with them all and yep what was that trolling app you were talking about precision trolling precision trolling yeah that's that's an old one that used to be a book that was out precision trolling data i mean it was kind of the they call it the bible of trolling the trolling bible yeah, yeah. i've heard of guys and talk about uh, that. now it's on an app and you can you can download, I think, just specific lures that, like, if you have favorite lures that you just troll all the time, you can download those, and they got the dive curves on them, so it tells you, like, with, if you're using 10-pound mono, how far back you put this lure, it's how far it's going to dive, so on your line counter, you can get it all dialed in, and how fast you need to go to get it down to this depth, if you're using fire line, what you got to do here, so, it's... A lot of information out there. Yeah, if you want to catch them, I mean... But yeah, precision trolling, Navionics. I know you also use Navionics. I think yeah. it's I think it's under Boating USA, maybe in the App I Store. But I think Lake Master has a it could be. app too. Yep. There's a lot of good ones yeah. out there. Yeah, but Austin, if you're listening, drop down in there and and tell us. So. Yeah, I mean, Oops. the apps. Thought yeah. we lost it for a second. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought we lost the audio, and maybe we did. So, well, we'll see, but. Yeah, maybe this is a good time to cut her off then. We're at 38 <laughs> minutes anyways, and I don't want the old computer to crash. I think it's time to upgrade a little bit more of our uh, audio equipment. So I was just going to blame it on Grady playing Fortnite in the background over here. Yeah. Good luck this weekend. See ya.